You are listening to Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe. Thanks to Raya Eyewear for sponsoring this episode of Holding Court. I've been wearing Raya since last year. During the pandemic, I started teaching more lessons than ever before, especially outside. Raya are by far the best sunglasses for tennis I've ever used. Check them out at RayaEyewear.com. That's R-I-A-Eyewear.com. And use the code PATRICK to get $20 off your first pair. They are total game changers. Let's do it. Time for another edition of Holden Court, everyone. Patrick McEnroe here. And uh, what a pleasure and a privilege and an honor to have on this incredible trio from Sweden. And I'm not talking about Bjorn Borg, Mats Wieland, or Stefan Edberg. I'm talking about <laughs> Peter, Whoa. Bjorn, and John. And, you know, when I first heard the name of your guys' band, this incredible – and by the way, do not hold it against me, guys – because my music terminology is, you know, I listened to tons of your podcasts that you did with NPR and with you know, Spotify and so on. They all have the lingo of the music. I don't have any of that. So, so just <laughs> let me just put that out in front right away. But I've done my homework on you guys in the last couple of weeks. And first of all, I'm going to be honest again. I'm not going to bullshit you guys. I didn't know a lot about your music. I knew the do, 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 do. I knew that tune. Um, but your music overall is just amazing. Uh, and I, I can't even d describe what it is. And maybe Peter, you could help me understand how you describe it. Cause if, <laughs> is it pop? Is it techno? Is it rock? I mean, it seems like it's, it seems like it's got everything in it. A little bit of yeah, everything. It's, it's, yeah. It's the history of music, but better. <laughs> <laughs> wrapped, wrapped into one. All, all wrapped into one. I mean, it's uh, it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny because I'm, I'm here at my tennis academy. <clears throat> by the way, it's the John McEnroe Tennis Academy. Peter, do you know my brother, by the way? No, but Bjorn knows. I do. Him. I actually went up there, I think. Uh, is it called John McEnroe Academy? Yeah, that's where I'm at right now in New York, in New York City. Oh, really? So you came did, here, maybe Bjorn? Maybe I met you. Did I meet you there, maybe? Do you have an office there? I have an office, but you may have, like, how long ago did you come here? I don't know, maybe six years. Yeah, so years ago. I started working here about four or five years ago. So I probably just met. Oh, right. Listen, if I met a guy <laughs> named Bjorn at our tennis academy, I think I would have remembered, okay? So, so um, and not named Borg. But anyway, uh, so anyway, so it's a history of music. You guys are a threesome. I listened to a couple of your interviews where you talk about, you know, you've had other, uh, other and I do want to get to the tennis part of Bjorn too, because I know, is it you, Bjorn, that's super into tennis? A place? Uh, yeah, I am. I am. What's your game like? Um, Two-handed backhand. Well, of course, you're Swedish. Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tell me something I don't know, okay? Yeah, yeah. Although there was there was um, Stefan Edberg, who you know, did, did you guys know that Stefan Edberg had a two-handed backhand as a kid? Didn't know that. Yeah, no, he, no, no. I didn't know that. Yeah, no. he had a two-handed backhand until he was about, I think, twelve or thirteen. And um, he decided in a very un well, I guess not, I shouldn't say un Swedish because Borg, you know, ruled Wimbledon too. But he wanted to play an attacking game, a serve and volley game. So he switched to a one handed backhand because he wanted to play serve and volley, which is, by the way, what Pete Sampras did um, at that similar age as well. Two of the greatest, you know, Wimbledon players of all time. So um, anyway, what were you talking about? We were talking about your music. 
because you are guys musicians. <laughs> um, no, so I came into my academy today, and I taught a couple of lessons, and then um, I come into my this little office space to do the podcast to set up the machine and all that. And one of our younger pros, younger meaning, I think like you're, you guys what like forties? What? How old are you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in that 40, range. Yeah. So a younger guy, yeah. younger pro, like late twenties, thirties. I said, oh, I'm doing this. Um, I'm so pumped to do this podcast with this Swedish group. They go, oh, Peter, Bjorn, and John. He literally started whistling the song, your, your wow. famous song. So you, you, you made it. But I, but I heard you guys talk about a few different things about that song, obviously, and how at that point in your careers you were like, well, maybe we're going to do a little another record, maybe not. Um, and then that song obviously took off and, and your musical career changed. So what was that like? Um, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. well, we had to make more records because we signed a contract with Columbia and, and you know, and, but we wanted to do that too, of course, but, but, um, it was definitely, um, uh, you know, different from playing some shitty Chinese restaurants in, in, in Sweden. Right. Have you ever, have you ever been to the, um. The uh, what was it called? I used to play in Stockholm every year at the uh, at the, well. First, it was at the uh, Scan. Do you ever play Bjorn at the Scandia Hall? What was it called? The, or the little club, the club, the famous tennis club in Stockholm where they used to have the tournament. The, the Royal Royal. The Royal. Uh, yeah, exactly. Something club. Where, where, where did you, where did um, Bjorn? Where the did you? Where did, royal Royal Court, right? Royal, yeah. Royal, where did yeah. you start playing Bjorn? Start playing tennis. Um. I actually I started playing badminton and then we got the whistling song and we had you know we started touring more so and I moved well I got an apartment in New York and I brought my badminton record and mm. you know there was no badminton court anywhere so I just made a decision like to change sports so, I mean me and John in the band was playing before that but. Um, I made a, like, you need a sport that you can play everywhere and anywhere. And so it was sort of like a, I didn't play before that. So so it was, I, I now I play up at Janne Lundqvist. Do you remember him? Yeah, Janne sure. Lundqvist. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, at his old um, place. Uh, and maybe I have the locker. Hasse Simonsson, you might remember him too. The, Hans, course, the, Hans the Simonsson, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I have his locker. I don't know why, and he's got mine. But but uh, mm. it's a what, mix up. What is your game like, John? <laughs> I mean, I know you, you're you, John. You're the one who plays the percussion and the and the synth a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, mostly percussion and drums. Uh, yeah, my my game is in the resting phase. <laughs> <laughs> like the, like the, like the rest of the world, we're all in a resting phase. See, the great thing yeah. about t- tennis is you can play it physically distance. That's the beauty of it. but my game was was very good the first five minutes but Mm -hmm. then it dropped it dropped after five minutes (laughs) yeah (laughs) how could that happen you 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 came out of the blocks on fire and then things things dissipated from there it started thinking too much Overthinking. <laughs> Second, sir. You know, by the way, I, I did I did a podcast earlier this week with Seal, you know, the singer Seal, and he was ta- yeah, yeah. and he's like obsessed with tennis, and uh, he was telling me about the, the, the talking about singing, 
And obviously, Peter, you can relate to this. He was saying, you know, in singing, you do all this, this technique and training and so on. But when you get out of the way, when you relax, is when you sing the best. And he was describing tennis because he's been, during the pandemic, he's got his own tennis court um, up in the hills in California playing tennis. So uh, can, can you guys relate at all your, you know, your musical backgrounds to, you know, whether it's tennis or any sport? I mean, I know you all grew up in sort of small towns and, uh, one of you said it was all about sports in your town. I can't remember which one of you guys said that. But can you relate, like, sports to, you know, getting into music? Because so many tennis players, like, are obsessed with musicians and a little bit vice versa as well. <clears throat> yeah, I think um, definitely if you practice an instrument, it, it, it's helpful when you start, especially like me, I started, like, I didn't play when I was young, so I, I you know, it's good to know that you can actually put down some hours and you need to put down some hours to, to get somewhere. So I think it, it helps, uh, you know, uh, if you, if you did that when you were practicing instruments. Bjorn, what, where, do, where, tell me some places where you've played. Cause I, 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 I know a lot of singers that get into this when you, especially obviously you haven't been touring. I know you were planning on touring this past year with your new record that came out and then you put an EP out late last year as well. Um, what are some places around the world that you like to play? Uh, music or tennis or both? Both. <laughs> both. <laughs> Kidding me? Both. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean. Actually, when we went to uh, Melbourne, yep. we played at the what's it called Corner Hotel, something. Mm-hmm. The little, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the club. It's a great club. I mean, it's just like by, down the road from from the big stadium, uh, Australian Open Stadium. So, you know. That's a good. That's a good um, setting, and um, of course Griffith Park. We always go there in LA when mm-hmm. we try. You know, so beautiful. Plenty and uh, plenty of plenty. Of, you should play Hollywood Bowl. For oh, can, Hollywood for Bowl is the best. You guys have played the Hollywood Bowl. We did. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's with, one, Depeche Mode, with Depeche Mode. Because you, you, yeah, because yeah. you guys opened for Depeche Mode. That was that's one of the all-time yeah. places to play. My wife is a, is, yeah, a, is a singer, like a musical theater uh, actress, singer. And she did uh, start in My Fair Lady with John Lithgow, a very famous actor. And you uh-huh. guys will like uh-huh. this. Guess who played? It was um, My Fair Lady and the, the role of um, Henry Higgins, the father, um, was played by none other than Roger Daltrey. Wow. Oh. <laughs> so, intense. Yeah, that yeah. was intense. Yeah. No, it was super intense. So, so one day, we, you know, I, I, was, I was like blown away. I'm like, oh, my God, this is Roger Daltrey. And my wife's like, so she's kind of like into music, but wasn't totally into the who. And um, so I'm, I'm chatting with them, and they did an interview. The LA Times interviewed my wife, and all they really wanted to ask her about was what it was like to work with Roger Daltrey. And she's like trying to yeah. pontificate about how you know, deeply meaningful this show is and so on. Yeah. And, uh, and, he, and he said to her, so, he, so Roger came up to my wife and said, what, what did they, how did the interview go? It was during a lunch break one day. They were rehearsing. And um, he said, oh, she said, I just wanted to talk about you know, the, the show and how important it is. And all they wanted to do was ask me about you. And he goes, oh, darling, darling, you mustn't take them seriously. Just tell them I'm a really good shag. <laughs> so that's my Roger Daltrey story. Tremendous. So um, the pandemic hits, and I know you guys, in fact, I think your album came out like the day everything started to shut down 
here in the U.S. and obviously Europe as well. So what, what has it been like? I mean, we've been lucky here in New York, meaning lucky at our tennis academy, that we actually opened in July. So we at least able to keep some semblance of normalcy still coming to the academy, playing with the kids and so on. What's it been like over there for you guys musically? What have you been able to do or not do? Yeah, I mean, the, the, this is Peter again here. Uh, the record came out on 13th of March, I think, and we had a release party in Stockholm on the 9th. So I think everything shut down mm. on the 11th or the 12th or something. So it was perfect timing. But uh, we, were lucky <laughs> in, in, <laughs> we were lucky enough not to go to, to the States. Uh, we're supposed to go there the week after. Yeah, so. you, might have, you, might have been for, you might have been forced to stay here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now we're forced to stay in Sweden, uh, and I guess I mean it's it's been okay. I, it's been the the society has kind of been open. The schools have been open for smaller kids, at mm -hmm. least like the kids our age have been able to go to school, which is good because they don't climb the walls at home, right. and we don't climb the walls. But but I mean it, it gets sort of blurry because you don't have a lot of to hang up your I mean your life on. It's like the day just passes by. <laughs> sort of, but but yeah. Uh, I mean, we did, fine. we did some stuff in the studio first, streaming, you know, some some right. some of that. But um, uh, then and then we were planning for stuff in the in the fall, of course, you know. But then it's just um, there's no concerts or anything. So uh, we had an we had an EP out in the in the fall too. Yep. Uh, you've done that. You've, you've, had, um, you've done that the last couple of albums you released, and you did an EP after that, right? So what's the uh, yeah kind of what's the yeah, philosophy? Yeah. Or is it just something like, hey, let's just put this out because we got a few mm. extra tunes? Or how does that how does that play out? Yeah, it's sort like of songs after. that we yeah that we had in the same pool of songs, mm -hmm. and it becomes like an encore or a, you know. After this, the, the credits on the movie, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, right. You're always waiting to see. Oh, maybe, maybe there'll be something else, right? Yeah, right. the outtakes. Yeah, looper. Yeah, looper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are classic. I watched one of your. Uh, what was it Amsterdam or something it was called? Because I, I was checking out all the stuff you guys did on YouTube yeah. and you did. Uh, it's so cool watching just the three of you together. And I, know, I mean, meaning mm -hmm. like, kind of dressed down. Like I was a huge fan in in my day of Rush. You know, and I remember seeing Rush at Radio City Music Hall, and they must have had some, I don't know if they had other instruments behind them or what, but it was like, how can these three guys make this, un, you know, like this much sound? And, uh, mm. and, and, and what kind of what's the difference for you guys? Maybe I'll ask you, John, on the, on the percussive side, but, and, and I know you play the, play the synth and, and, the, and I don't know if you play piano on stage or not, but just kind of like just the three of you as opposed to sometimes, you know, I'm assuming when you when you tour and you and you go live, maybe you bring in some other instruments as well. What's the difference and what's the dynamic that either is good, is better, or worse? Yeah, I mean, we did actually brought in a couple of extra musicians on the tour, but that's the good thing about a three piece that there's a lot of space mm. uh, in the arrangement, so that makes it more free. You can do more stuff uh, like uh, in spur of the moment, and also. I like dynamically, if there's more space in the arrangement, you can, will also notice more uh, small nuances. So I, I think it's, it's a very inspiring way to play, that the more people you have on stage, the more it's going to get into a big ball of mess. Uh, so I think 
that's maybe what you experience with Russia too. It's, um, sometimes it sounds more with just less, mm -hmm. less stuff involved. This episode is being brought to you by Raya Eyewear. Over the last few years, a growing concern of mine has been the long-term effects of overexposure to UV rays from my extended time on court in the sun, you know, following that little yellow ball all over the globe. Well, I was also just tired of squinting on sunny days, but my fear was always that wearing sunglasses to protect my eyes would affect the way I hit the ball. Well, last year, especially during the pandemic last summer, I came across Raya, and I'm so, so glad that I did. Raya is changing the way tennis players see the game and protect their most important performance asset, their vision. All of their eyewear is handcrafted in Italy and built specifically to enhance ball contrast and provide protection from those harmful UV rays. There's no question that they help me see the ball better, they relax my eyes in the sun, and they've become an essential part of my tennis experience. Check them out at RiaEyewear.com. That's R-I-A Eyewear.com. Use the code Patrick to get $20 off your first pair. I promise. You will love these sunglasses. This episode of Holding Court is being brought to you by True. That's T-R-U, the lifestyle beverage. Absolutely amazing. Go to drinktrue.com to learn more. I suggest you try out the True Sampler, 30% off with the code PATRICK. Forgive me because I don't know anything about music, but it's like a, like a jazz thing where it's like a trio and you just kind of play off. Obviously, you guys don't play jazz per se, but it seems like if you bring in more instruments, then particularly if they're not within your you know core group, you three guys, then it has to become more predictable, right? What you play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So what do you think? I mean, what, what the hell do you think is going to happen moving forward? Because I was, uh, you know, another time I was interviewing this guy named Brett Denon, a singer songwriter who's a big tennis player. And he would tell me the same that you guys were talking about when he would tour. He would go out with guys in his group or his band and play tennis um, for his exercise. So I was like, yeah, so this was like in the middle of the maybe summer. I spoke to him late in the summer. And I said, well, yeah, your, your business is kind of um, slowed down. He goes, dude, slowed down. No, no, it's done. I mean, like, you know, because, yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not it's slowed nothing. down. There's nothing. I mean, he was a guy that relied on, yeah. on touring and playing clubs and, and things like that. So, you know, where, where how, I guess it's like, what, how the hell is, is this thing just has to totally end or is it going to be reshaped as far as, you know, because the tennis is dealing with this. Well, maybe there'll be some fans at Wimbledon. Maybe there'll be no fans. You know, can the players make enough money if they're making half the money? I mean, just how do you see this going forward? Is it just like everything else? Like, we, we just have no effing idea. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you don't have an idea. But, but it's... Uh, you know, first we had a big tour moved, you know, half a year, and then it was moved a year, and then it was canceled. And it's when it comes to like moving stuff a year, uh, that's too much. It's too much for us. I think it's, <laughs> you know, it's too long. So it's hard to like uh, figure out. But you can do stuff, but it's so small. Like mm. all the, it's just more for for fun and for like it, it gets, you know, for promo or whatever. It's just like you can't really. If you get what what can you be? You can you can be like eight people or something in Sweden. That's yeah, you know, yeah. That's just our crew. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> not, you know, uh, tricky. 
He's like going back to the beginning, right? Like going when you guys first yeah. started. He was like, yeah. Yeah, well, we, I heard one of you saying when he interviews, well, we had, a, we had another player, but we couldn't afford it. You know, like yeah, back in the exactly. day. When you, and so, so now it's like, oh, well, yeah. well, we were, you know, sometimes in the tennis world, it's like these guys got, you know, they got a fitness person, they got a physio, they got someone helping with their diet. It's like, well, guess what? Now it's just mm. going to be you. I mean, yeah. going, yeah. going out <laughs> on the tour. So uh, I, know yeah, you, yeah. I know you did the – how much have you guys been able to be together and play during these last, you know, six, eight, ten months? Um, I mean, I guess play music, have, not tennis, music. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we haven't, we haven't really. I mean, we we could have, I guess. We talked about it, but uh, after the promo was finished, we haven't, we haven't really done that. But no, we played in March last no. year, actually. Yeah. Well, let me yeah, make a rec- let me make a recommendation, guys. Get your shit together and play. Get together. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, I know, I, I, again, I heard one of you say, well, it's kind of weird to do a record because then you want to go out and play it live. Well, you know, maybe just go in and start doing some more songs. Make another record. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. That's a good idea. I mean, <laughs> I mean look, like a either, either that or Bjorn and John, you guys got to work on that back end. I mean, I've been getting some hours in there actually every day. So it's have you really? Tennis, but that, that's really yeah. Good. I mean, I, you know, like I, I, I've been constantly increasing my, uh, you know, craziness. And you think when you start playing tennis that like two, three hours is it's a lot. A mm-hmm. week, I mean, but a week. I now thought, it's I, a thought lot. You, I thought you were talking about a day. What do you mean a week? Yeah, but that's that's what I'm. That's huh. where I'm going now. So that's good. Like, okay. <laughs> Good. So you become crazy like the rest of us. Yeah. So, but but uh, and also the rest of Stockholm is also playing tennis. So there's a lot of people with, <laughs> yeah. you know, in so that's why I'm hoping for paddle to be to become, you know, more people can go there and play. You know, uh, but um, but but um, we well, can what definitely it, maybe maybe make a little song or two too. I think you guys you should. We can get that in there. Yeah, I think I think it's a good idea. We need to keep you guys going. I mean, we need to keep you. You guys got to keep creating. You're creators, man. It's like tennis. No, it's the same with us. And it's like I got to keep playing tennis. I got to, you know, my brother six just turned sixty-two, and he's out there like trying to play with these kids that are fifteen. He's like, oh man, man, I'm getting this. My body's kind of like, oh, John, you're sixty-two, man. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but the the beauty of music is like we get worse as we get older, you know. But and you, but you guys get better as you get older. Um, yeah. 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 Still, yeah. yeah, but but also the similarity I think between maybe tennis and music, like it's from the beginning, it's fun and games. That, that's that's mm-hmm. why we started with music and tennis. It's like something you do for fun. Uh, then we turn it into a job mm. or something. So it's like it's a combination of uh, passion and uh, like serious seriousity, or what you call it. So that's maybe what you're missing now, that you're not playing enough because mm. you miss that playfulness every day that you take for granted. But And, and of course, it's more important to people who work in hospitals and... Right. Stuff like that, but but you feel like that's so in, in our veins to play. Uh, so that's I think you're missing something in your neural system this time. Well, listen, Peter, I think you guys got to get in this, get in this, you know. But you must have a studio there that you guys can go to and do, you know, do it. I mean, let's go. Let's make this. It's time to go. It's go time, guys. 
yeah. I mean, I've been listening to your stuff, and I, as I, I told you, I'm not going to bullshit you guys. I didn't know that much about your music, and I'm listening to I'm like, man, these guys are freaking good. I mean, you and, and it's like every song, and I'm like randomly like picking songs because, I mean, I obviously know the one, everybody knows your one, you know, huge hit. But I'm like randomly picking songs and I listen to a couple of your podcasts that you've done. So I hear, oh, well, we really like this one. And I'm like, wow, like it, they all sound like I can't pinpoint what you guys do. <laughs> no one can. No one can. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it's not, it's not my lack of musical knowledge then. I feel better now. No, my, my mother asked me, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like it's like. What my, do you say? It's like I wanted to What's be. The a, answer? Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to be a pro. I wanted to be a pro tennis player when I was got out. I was getting out of college. I went to Stanford. I was a, you know really good junior player and so on. And my brother was already number one in the world. So I was gonna you know obviously I wasn't gonna be number one in the world in tennis, but you know I thought I could be decent pro. And uh, so my mom was like, oh, no, you know, she was trying to encourage me to go to law school because my dad was a lawyer. Our other brother, Mark, was a lawyer. You know, maybe you should go to law school. And so I'm thinking, OK, and John's like, mom, shut the F up. You know, Patrick's is pretty good in tennis. Like, let him play tennis. So I take the law boards, you know, to get into law school. I get my scores back. And my mom's like, yeah, I think you should stick with tennis. <laughs> which, which you saw my scores on the for the for the getting into law school. I was like, okay, my dad's like, yeah, son, uh, let's uh, start training a little harder on the tennis. And lo and behold, but my brother was a great supporter of me. Have you played uh, Bjorn with John? You've actually played with him here at the academy. Yeah, yeah, I took a couple of points. You, you did? Oh, he must. Yeah, I did. He, he must have been in a good mood that day. It was tough, yeah. You know, yeah, he wanted to win everything actually, but but it was uh, yeah, it was, it was a tough like game. John, I, I think. You know, you know, I've been was playing tennis with a lot until recently because he had a very scary heart surgery. The famous uh, goalie, I, I would guess on Henrik, Henrik. yeah, yeah Henrik. So Henrik and John are, were good buddies, and then um, so I met Henrik. I saw him here at the academy. So I started playing with him like once or twice a week. This is just in the last six months. And so he, right, right. He, he had just decided, you know, to leave the Rangers here in New York, but he's, you know, an yeah. icon here in, in New York. Obviously I know he is in Sweden. He was the goalie when Sweden won the gold medal in the Olympics. Yeah. Anyway. So he's playing with me over the last couple of months. The guy's like unbelievable, unbelievably fit, you know, and a pretty good tennis player. So I would play with a reaction. Oh my God. I actually, <laughs> I, ha I had to tell him to actually slow down. He was so fast, right? Moving too side fast. to side. He was too fast. And I said, I said, Henrik, I know you're, you have to move that fast in, in hockey to get back, you know, when you make a save, but tennis. Sliding, yeah, sliding over. Yeah. I said, you actually have a little more time. And then he, he said, when we were playing, he kept looking at his heart rate monitor and little, All right. little did I know that he w had wow. already been having these tests done. And then lo and behold, I'm, I see, you know, he's got to go for like open heart surgery. So say a prayer yeah. for Henrik. He came out of the surgery well, and he told me he will be back. He hopes to be back on the courts in April because he is, right. he's an amazing person and obviously a, a, a hockey legend. What's going on with tennis, professional tennis? Because Sweden, you know, used to dominate. And I get well, this. Yeah, you know, what's yeah. going on with we need some we need some you know fresh players coming out of Sweden. What's happening over there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there was a lot of I remember when where me and John 
sort of from under. There was a guy. He was seventh in the world or something. I can't remember what's his name. Robin, Anders, uh, Robin Soderling. No, you, no you, Joachim Nystrom. Joachim oh, Joachim Nystrom. Yeah. Oh, he's my age. Yeah, he's yeah. my age. Yeah, he's yeah. Old. And he was like at the t- at the time it was too many, so it was like no one cared because he was like twenty or. <laughs> Yeah, right. In the world. Yeah, like, he he was like so he was like, like he was like eight nine in the world and like three or four in yeah. Sweden. You know. Yeah. Was, yeah. You know, yeah. It's it's bizarre how he was in the in the late eighties. Like yeah. Well, I guess uh, you know eighty eight. Like all, late, um, late London and yeah. Edberg was taking uh-huh. everything. And what about and, and then there was a what about Borg? Like, how is he thought of? I mean, is he like? I mean, he's just so well, big in Sweden, or what? Because I I, I yeah, see him periodically. He's the biggest, but but uh, I mean he's he's been playing at the club I'm at, so I'm sort of the the other Bjorn. <laughs> I'm, call, I'm calling in there like, hey, it's Bjorn. Uh, well, no, yeah. there's the Bjorn over there, right? So, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, really? uh, but his son is playing, you know. So he's he's a he's a tennis dad now. His Bjorn. son Leo, yeah, he's a pretty good, very yeah. good player. Yeah, yeah. I told yeah. I told Bjorn, Definitely. I told Bjorn, I was like, listen. If your son ever, I mean, if anybody who knows what it's like, okay, because I was obviously not the son, the brother, but I was a younger brother. So, you know, it's like yeah. everywhere I go, uh, oh, you're uh, a McEnroe? Oh, yeah. You know, everywhere I go to, you know, get on a plane or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus, give me a break. So I'm like, tell, I hope told Bjorn, I said, listen, if your son ever needs someone to talk to, here's my number. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it's one thing to be the brother of John McEnroe in, 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 in the U.S., but another thing to be... You know the son of Bjornborg in Sweden. I mean, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the weather like over there now? I mean, can you guys start? When when can you start playing tennis, Bjorn and John, outside? Uh, uh, now maybe right. Yeah. This week. It's yeah, been, yeah. It's been, uh, no, it's been going away this week. I guess, but no one invited me so far to play outside. But, <laughs> but it's um, you know, you can play. I guess you need like ten, twelve plus. You know. Outside, right? Right. Yeah, that'd be cold, fine. But you can, you can do it. Yeah. The Swedes are tough. That's, of course. Swedes of course. are tough. Well, <laughs> if, there's, if, if, if there's any, if there's any, not that you guys obviously don't need any advice from me, but keep playing tennis. Peter, you got to get into it too. I mean, you got the two guys there. You got to step it up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mats Vilander did some records. Have you heard them? Uh, you know, <laughs> it's funny you should bring that up. So we were in Sweden... <laughs> Wait, we were in Sweden not last year, obviously, the, the year before. So 2019, right before Wimbledon. We were in the south of Sweden. I can't even remember the name of the town, close to uh, Copenhagen. So you take the bridge over. We took the bridge, you know, drove over from Copenhagen Airport. So that mm. part of Sweden. And uh, beautiful place. And Mats was hosting a, like a Legends tournament, whatever. So I was this, you oh. know, my brother, me and my brother, it's like LeConte and. Um, uh, some French What's guys. What's that? What's yes, Scudup? exactly. That's what yeah. it was. Wow. But, but, but anyway, at the end of the tennis part, um, which was pretty successful, Mats and John played like the final match. It was awesome. You know, people were loving it. Of course, what do they do? They have like a band. Go up, and, and next thing you know, John and Mats are up, you know, because they like to think of themselves as musicians. My brother, as you guys know, thinks of himself as a musician. So, they actually called me up on stage. <laughs> Henri and I came up and sang like Jumpin' Jack Flash or something. It was just, it was, it was pitiful. 
Well, Matt was pretty serious in the in, in the eighties. It's like reading poetry on TV and stuff. Wow. Okay. Yeah. One, one. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's forever enshrined. In, I remember that more than any tennis game I watched. I think I need. I think I need to. I, I think I need to get my brother to start reading some poetry. Yeah, yeah. Instead of playing yeah. like Zeppelin and the Stones, you know, because that's about what what you can play. <laughs> guys, you 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 guys are awesome, and I I, I you know you're already taking more time than I promised. So I I appreciate you guys doing this. Peter, uh, Bjorn, and John, the Swedish band, these guys are unbelievable. We hope that this whole thing passes soon, guys, and we can um, see you in person here in the States or in Europe, where we're going to tour next. Keep up the good work. Please get back in the studio and make some music, guys. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Patrick. Yeah, Thanks, Patrick. Thank you guys <laughs> for doing this. Thank you. Thank right. you so much. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Peter, Bye-bye. Bjorn, and John, guys, on Holden Court. Unbelievable guys. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.